Season 1.5, Listening to Learn with Agnity. This is Demystified, solving DM mysteries in 20 minutes or less, because the only hard part is scheduling the next session. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Asa. And we're here with special guest Agnity. Hello again. Hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're recording all these episodes in one night, so it's like welcoming her back week after week, like 20 minutes. In a, yeah, anyway. Today, we're going to talk about learning from popular media. It is important to be aware of what's going on out in industry. You don't have to always steal and you don't always have to be super original, but just being aware of what's going on is a shortcut to bettering yourself as a DM or bettering yourself as a someone who makes podcasts and t- taking some time to just listen to what's going on out there is a way to cheat a little bit. So we'll be talking about individual podcasts and diving into that. But first, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I can say that I've started in the past probably six months listening to a lot more actual play podcasts. And I've mostly... Boy, are my arms tired. Yeah. Mostly I've stuck with ones that are new because I don't want to listen to a backlog of like 400 episodes. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want to jump in in the middle and not know anything. So what that means is I'm listening to a lot of the people with very little or no experience or they're coming into Mm -hmm. this from somewhere else. And they do a lot of the things where I'm like, they should do that more or they need to stop doing that or that's this thing. So I'm getting a lot of the that's not something I would include in mine, or I should definitely steal that going on, if that makes sense. That's why we listen, man. That's uh, to say it plainly. The fact that we have a D&D podcast is mostly because I listened to another D&D podcast and thought to myself, this is not great. I could do it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen to our other podcast if you want a motivator to do it better. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to, yeah, listen to the grants and do it better, because I'm sure you can. <laughs> nah, we have a pretty darn good product, but we didn't get there overnight. It was more than no. just practice in terms of doing, though. Listening, developing the taste for what makes you happy as a listener is just as important, I think, as putting out something that makes other people happy. Because if mm-hmm. you aren't entertaining yourself first and foremost, then you're not going to entertain the audience. Hmm. Yeah. You, you have to know what you liked in order to aspire to it. So Agnity and I met in the Discord for a podcast called Dungeons and Daddies. Not a BDSM podcast. It is not a BDSM podcast. Talking Sons, my first regular podcast, my first actually released podcast, Talking Sons. That's still going on. <laughs> still going on for some reason. Is yeah. It's fun to do, so that's why we do it. It's fun to do, but yeah. We do it to entertain ourselves and no one else. (laughs) (laughs) It's for us. We did an entire episode where we talked about some obscure Oscar Isaac film called Larry the Wonder Dog. It was Lenny. Lenny. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) We can't go back. We can't. But anyway, Chins and Daddies, I think, is a great podcast if you are looking to observe people who are really good at improv. Almost all of the players and the DM are screenwriters or involved in film production or published authors. 
they understand storytelling. So their players show up and think, how am I going to hit these next beats? How am I going to make the most of the situation in an entertaining way? So I think that it's great to see a bunch of experienced storytellers tell stories. In particular, I think that Anthony, as the DM, if I have to give him a compliment, which is very rare because all we do is just dunk on Anthony all the time, <laughs> is that he handles curveballs from his players very well. He very rarely shuts down the players unless they are doing something that is so incredibly stupid that it's not entertaining. Most of the time, he makes stuff work. And I think that listening to Dungeons and Daddies is a good learning experience and improv, but also emotional highs and lows. Like it is a comedy podcast, but it does get a little bit sad, a little bit traumatic, a little bit this, a little bit that. Yeah, the funny haha podcast gets a little bit saddy cry some days. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Especially when Beth May is acting, right? There are other podcasts that you can listen to. I would not recommend listening to Critical Role as a newbie hoping to learn that's a learning the piano and trying to learn by studying i don't know list some someone who is so incredibly skilled and so incredibly polished that trying to shoot for that matt mercer style i think is gonna be a lesson in frustration like he's a dm as his full-time job he gets to spend 40 hours a week planning and preparing, and he has years of experience as a voice actor, so he knows how to bring the characters alive. And I think that there are maybe more attainable DMs that you could learn from and emulate. The McElroys, I think, are very skilled, but at the same time that each of them brings something to the table that that you can learn from in terms of how to prepare or how to deal with curveballs or throw curveballs and all that so yeah again the adventure zone very popular very popular big podcast huge following and i think not at the same level of dm polishes as critical yeah role. critical role is it's a I wouldn't even call it a podcast it's not it's completely different any actual play podcast out there really just because of the amount of production that is put behind it, I guess the closest thing you could really even think about comparing it to is Dimension 20 from Dropout. And even then, you still have Brendan Lee Mulligan up there and a whole crew of people creating minis for every single scene. And it's too polished to think of yours to even consider stepping into that level of creative force behind what you're going to do at your own table start <laughs> yeah it's like looking at a hollywood movie and saying i want to do that in film school it's yeah it's, your little sony fs100 isn't going to shoot that babe <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not a, not attainable yeah. and that's actually why I, I like listening to the new podcasts that are coming out i follow a lot of people on twitter where they're like hey i'm doing this new podcast where and sees we're in like episode seven and i'll start listening to it because they're in the stage just ahead of where I would be in starting one kind of thing. Good. Yeah. Good place to go. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that you can learn from a newbie podcast is mistakes. And so we're not going to drop names here, but what mistakes do you encounter? What have you learned to avoid in your own podcast from listening with the intent of going, okay, these people are figuring out what I'm going to be figuring out if I started? 
Sound quality. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Making sure the yeah, levels yeah. are the same. That oh, is many. true of every podcast out there, though. If you got to find the plugin that does the work for you. <laughs> yeah, there, there was one where I was really interested in this story and what they were doing. And just I wanted to listen to it. But like one character, one one player, their voice was of a different volume than the other actors that I just couldn't more than a couple episodes. And I was just like, I'm done. I can't do it. We run, I run everything through a little plugin that's hard to come by nowadays because it got removed and put somewhere else. But if you do find it and track it down, the tri-leveler is a great little tool that drops everything right into the right range of volumes with very little input from you as a person. That is fairly helpful. Mm. Although last episode, we talked about how easy is it to edit poorly if you bring in tri-leveler and you set the levels wrong it will blow out every breath every intake of air that is just a huge crash of white noise that can be really bad you just gotta know where to set your gates it's <laughs> yeah i, I, yeah. But I anyway. would say another thing that i learned from it is actually something that i've learned from jamie but i've learned the value of it from these other podcasts <laughs> and that is having good story beats yeah like having an overarching plot that makes sense that seems making sure you've got the different parts of the story the jamie can go into it a little bit better but when they do it wrong it just it makes the story sound ridiculous yeah although in that uh, i actually saw something from brennan lee mulligan where he was having a conversation and i'm gonna steal this because you listen to other podcasts to steal you listen to other dms to steal and he had a really good metaphor where as a player character the rogue the paladin the cleric at the table is nine times out of ten going to want to achieve their goals as quickly as possible it's like water running downhill where if you just pour some water down a hill it's going to run straight down and it's going to end up at the bottom and it's not going to be interesting but as a dm you strike a balance between setting the curves and digging some troughs for that water to run down where the players are always taking the most obvious the most obvious shortcut in the near term but when they reach the bottom of the hill, they look back up at the hill, that story that the DM has created, and it's this big, interesting, windy way. His podcast, we mentioned Dimension 20 as having that production value, but also as a DM, he's very aware that setting up the story beats and carving them into the hill as the obvious path for the player characters to follow, that, that helps with those story beats. Yeah, you for sure need to have a... But you don't listen to a podcast that doesn't have a story. Doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have your entire story described out to your audience within the first episode. Like, you don't want them to know the ending of what you're doing when you give them the description. Or even, like, it's going to be this exact thing. There's no fun in listening to the story that you already know the ending to. But I like to say that I give a actual play podcast... 10 ish episodes to find what they're doing because i think it takes about that much time for the players to get comfortable in their characters for the dm to get comfortable in their storytelling for them to have the time to set up what they're going to spend the rest of their campaign doing and it's not 
a television show, first and foremost, you don't have only 13 episodes for your season before you have to stop. You have essentially unlimited time. You have as much time as you need to tell the story. And I think it's important to not rush to the end, which is part of the Brennan metaphor, is that you don't want to draw the straight line to the bottom of your hill. You want to put some twists and turns in there. And if you're at the top of the hill and you get a slow start, that's fine. I don't think you should ever rush into telling your story before you're ready. Yeah, there was one podcast I was listening to and it was like five years or 10 years old now. It's an old one. And within two episodes, the DM had some cataclysmic event happening that they stopped and it just felt so anticlimactic in the way that they did it because then he had this whole slow thing happening after that. And I was like, that's I get you're trying to like rope people in with something interesting, but it just didn't feel good listening to it. So it, it almost felt like that there's a writing expression where when you are writing fiction or even nonfiction, you have to get yourself into the right mindset. And that is writing yourself into the story. But the editing part is recognizing this is when the story really begins. Yeah. Everything that happened is prologue and doesn't need to be part of this story. Yeah. Or like if famously Nadpod doesn't start until episode 12. There's the first 11 episodes that are perfectly entertaining and lovely to listen to and they're very funny in them. But it's episode 12 where you discover, oh, there's actually here, like, here's the world ending for you. Um, which is a classic D&D campaign thing to do is you got to stop the world from ending. But it's not to say that the first 11 episodes, you can't not, you, like, you can't skip them. They're, there's a lot of important character development in there. And everybody finds their footing. And the person who's just playing D&D for the very first time, like, learns the difference between being a fighter and being a human. Like, those are two different <laughs> things on his character sheet, but he figures it out. It's, you need to take that time and to... So I'm not going to you have to be entertaining while learning what you're doing, but you also don't have to know everything when you're starting and you don't have to explain everything. Have everything out on the table to start your podcast. Too. Those initial stakes don't necessarily have to be what your podcast is ultimately about either. Yeah. Right. Going back to Dungeons and Daddies, I think as a contrast, as an example of doing something well, by the end of the first episode, the stakes were very clearly communicated where you knew why the characters were there, you knew what they had at stake, and you knew who they were, but ultimately, those initial stakes weren't what the podcast was really about. Their podcast was about four dads who had to get their kids back, but it was really about figuring out who they were as fathers. That, that was the real story that I think drew everyone along, even after they got their kids back. Yeah, because they got their kids back in the middle of the podcast. That wasn't the end of it. And, yeah. Yeah. and I think everyone would have been frustrated had the season ended at that point, too, because they had set up more promises, more stakes than just the kids. And as a DM, you might find those stakes later on, too. Like, you might set up, well, this is what we're going to start with. And you might find out, like, oh, actually, this is what the podcast is. You should have that in mind when you start, of course. But if they change in the course of recording, change. Yeah. Another thing that I learned from listening to these podcasts that that I'm listening to is 
and this goes back to the last episode with Igniti, is sound design is not as prevalent as I would have thought. And I don't know, like it, as you described it, it can be really helpful, but I don't know if I notice it in all of them like that when it is there. So it's, if you're going to be recording a podcast, that's one of the things to look at is like in these that have it and these that don't have it, how much does it change or affect the value of the show? Am I going to include it? That kind of thing. Am I going to include it is a very important question to ask yourself before you start recording, because you have to have that in mind when you're even the words that you're saying out loud to be recorded. If you have an idea of what your sound design is going to be, it's going to be a lot better for you than if you like try to go through the post-production process and then, oh, wait, I should have a sound for this. That is tough to do every single episode. Um I think the most heavily sound designed podcast that I listen to is probably Fun City at the like actual play. I'm going to the actual play podcast I listen to because I listen to a lot of podcasts that aren't actual plays and are very heavily sound designed. But actual play wise, it's probably Fun City and they don't have a sound effect for every sword draw and every or not, they don't play with swords, every gun cock or whatever. But they do drop it in when things are getting intense and it does expand and like what you think you're hearing like it puts you in that world just a little bit more but at the same time it's also i don't want to say immersion breaking but it's definitely like you end up you can run the risk of your audience listening to the sound design more than they're listening to what you're saying right like some like you hear the crowd in the background and then all of a sudden your heads you're just like thinking about what am i hearing in this crowd what is the exact sounds of this going on you have to figure out the levels for that and figure out the music for that and what levels you're going to be playing it at and how much do you want this to be in the mind of the audience like when you're editing it's very important to keep in mind and then also if you're storytelling that's something you want to keep in mind is do i know that i'm going to have all of this loud sound right now that's just going to be drowning out my voice so it feels super intense and, can't, and I stop speaking because I'm going to fade out underneath the super loud. That kind of stuff is yeah, something you got to listen to and decide whether or not you even like. And if you're going to have the sound design, do some of the explaining for you to save you from having to do it. I kind of view sound design as like the podcast or audio equivalent of CGI, where people point at Mad Max Fury Road as, oh, this is the pinnacle of practical effects where there's practically no CGI. And it's, I hate to tell you this, but there's good CGI in almost every single shot, but it's not noticeable and it enhances the setting. So good CGI comes across as no CGI and no CGI is better than bad CGI. I think that sound design kind of fills a similar space where if you are looking at something and it is very clearly a set and it could be enhanced, then a little bit of good CGI could help you get immersed a little bit better. But if you do it wrong, then it kicks you out and you spend more time looking at the bad CGI than experiencing the story. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure a yeah, very good metaphor there. I personally follow the NADPOD school of sound design of maybe some crowd noise, maybe some forest noise, a good background music for setting the mood of what you're doing, but not much beyond that. And even if you're not doing a podcast, I think that the same kind of applies. Like if you're bringing a tablet 
to the table. Some having a couple of environments to set the mood for your players, but you don't necessarily need to hit a button every single time that swords collide or clash or hit or whatever. You listen to a podcast, uh, it's called Flink Lots and Fireballs. They committed the sin of terrible audio quality to start, but once I got... 80 some odd episodes of four hour long podcasts in i decided i really liked it oh god that's a long time (laughs) yeah it took a long time for me to decide that holy shit i'm really invested in this story but i did it because of podcoin and it was like a bonus podcast and they ended up buying me a few cups of coffee just for listening to their podcast somehow i don't really know how that system works but it's dead now I was about to say, can you get free coffee by listening to podcasts? You used to be able to. No longer. That's such bull. (laughs) I know. But again, that's a podcast that I deeply love and look forward to every two weeks spending four hours listening to. But they didn't have good sound design to start. We're going to say that plainly. They don't edit really at all. They had one commercial break and all the ums and DM repeating himself and looking up rules, all of that gets right in there. And it took 80 episodes for me to really get invested in what was going on. And it took them a long time to really like, oh, this is what the story is, figuring that out. But they're people just playing around a table and they're there for themselves. It's definitely not a game that they're looking for fame and fortune with and it's very entertaining and i love them a lot and i look forward to them showing up on my feed all the time but their sound design is just whatever the dm is playing on his tablet at the moment oh. and that is the limit of it wow. <laughs> and yes that does mean that they can't really make cuts because that's not on a different track that's just baked into his track and i don't know why they do it that way or how they decided that was going to be the way that they're doing it but that's the way they're doing it And it's weird to listen to sometimes because sometimes he hits the wrong button and the music isn't the right tone for whatever he's doing. He has to take the time to stop and reset the music and be like, oh, no, wait, this is a better track. Hmm. And it is very important for the players and for your audience to have that tone set of the music. And if you get it wrong, you got it wrong. And that's one of the things that I do look for when I'm creating my own podcast, just what I've learned from them is that I'm a not going to bake in music to my own track and b that the music is so important. Agniti, thank you for joining us in this brief seasonal interlude. And to recap what that was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was that definitely added a different side to the podcast because we, we don't talk about this technical stuff much at all. And I think it's important. Yeah. All right. And so to recap, good artists borrow, great artists steal. So when you're listening to a podcast, always make mental notes about how you can enhance or avoid mistakes in your own DM table. So that was what another one demystified. Hooray. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> This was Demystified. If you liked it, we'd appreciate it if you could leave a review or share this with your friends. Our website is demystified.com. Just the letter D, mystified.com. Do you have a question for us? Reach out via our Twitter handle, at Pickled Wizards, or ask on Facebook, at Pickled Wizards. Same page. We might talk about your problem here.